0: Welcome to Second City Liberty, a Chicago centric podcast that takes a look at politics, current events, sports, pop culture through the lens of liberty. I'm your host, Jim Hume. Thanks for tuning in. On January 10th, 2023, uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker signed the Protect Illinois Communities Act. The law makes Illinois the ninth state, plus the District of Columbia, to enact some sort of ban or restrictions on semi-automatic assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Support for the bill gained traction by progressive politicians after the July 4th, 2022 shooting at the Highland Park Independence Day Parade. Uh, That incident took the lives of seven people. Opponents argue the bill is unlawful based on how the legislation was passed and unconstitutional Uh, to discuss how the new law impacts Illinois gun owners, gun shops, firearm dealers, and to give us an update on uh, on the most recent litigation being taken against the legislation is Todd Vandermeid. Todd is a former NRA contract lobbyist, Illinois gun law guru, and host of uh, Freedom Steel YouTube channel. Uh, hello, Todd. Thanks for uh, joining the podcast today.
1: Nice to be with you, Jim.
0: Uh, Todd also has one of the best beards on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we're competing for that to honor, but uh, I, I trimmed mine down. up
1: because everybody—they <laughs> said I was looking more like the Taliban than. The Taliban.
0: <laughs> uh, if you could please start off, maybe just telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, kind of what's motiv- motivated you to get involved with uh, Second Amendment activism. Uh,
1: I joined the military in 1983. Uh, I've always enjoyed guns, and I uh, was always in combat arms, and with that, uh, I ended up. Uh, becoming an operating engineer. And uh, so I ran bulldozers, heavy equipment, stuff like that. And through buying a motorcycle, I became an accidental lobbyist, got involved with a group called the Bait of Illinois, to where I ended up heading up the uh, state legislative program. And uh, about that time, NRA was looking for a contract guy in Illinois. I was down at the Capitol anyways, they uh, picked me up. And I worked for them for 25 years, I believe it was. And through the time uh, being, you know, I don't have a college degree. I have a high school diploma. And because of that, I was going to be arguing criminal law and things like that uh, in front of the judicial committee, which is comprised of mostly lawyers. And I just figured out that I had to be better at it than they were. I had to know it better. Uh, Being a gun guy, we're all technical in nature in dealing with whether it's a 4473 or the technicalities of, you know, nine millimeter Kurtz versus nine millimeter Luger, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I kept the pellet court briefs in my uh, bathroom, that was my reading material. And I would uh, study that up. And I would spend a lot of time in the law library at the Capitol, researching statutes to understand how Things were coming about because you'd often go to committee and see a bill introduced because there was some change in a court decision that the court found X or Y. And so I seem to have a knack for being able to um, take the complex of federal and state gun laws and boil it down into a very digestible form and articulate that. And that's what has kind of gotten me my notoriety with all this, and it almost feels like I'm a walking encyclopedia at times <laughs> um, about everything that you know. How all these other things go on, and um, they don't, you know, the other side doesn't do that. They they don't live this stuff like we do, and so that's kind of like where I got my niche. And I retired from lobbying a couple of years ago, um, and I've been building ranges out at my gun club. With the heavy equipment they bought us to, uh, and that's where the name Freedom Steel came. Is that sure. we're using heavy iron to build, uh, you know, new gun ranges to for us to enjoy those freedoms and liberties.
0: As much as we can for now, that's for sure.
1: Oh, we will. We will. Good.
0: Good. Well, I know this uh, this particular bill uh, was originally uh, uh, written or proposed. Uh, I think it was back in back in January. And there was like one co-sponsor and very little support for it. Uh, It really wasn't going anywhere. Um, And then um, you know after the the tragic events in Highland Park, um, that really seemed to be a catalyst that got a lot of politicians on board, especially the uh, you know pretty much all the almost all the all the Chicago area progressive uh, Democrats for sure, and 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 I believe there's even a a couple uh, Republicans that had had backed it. uh, so it really gained steam after that um and uh you know the, the the thing that i found interesting is you know especially in december they were uh the uh, the legislature was winding down it was a kind of a lame duck session and they were really trying to get this through they were trying to attach it to a lot of other bills like into the amusement park safety bill and this that the mm-hmm. other thing and they were kind of just doing whatever they could uh to try to get this uh get this in front of uh in front of the legislatures and and then of course it was signed into law in the middle of the night uh the Tuesday night before inauguration um, which was uh kind of able to give uh Pritzker that uh that uh, feather in his cap, but uh, uh, maybe real quick, if you could just kind of describe what is in that legislation and uh, kind of the, 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 uh, the cliff notes kind of version. I know it's a, it's quite an extensive bill, but. Uh, well, uh, no, we, right.
1: we can boil it down into um, there are five basic components to the bill. Uh, first, there's a, a change in the red flag laws. They're bumping those from six months up to a year. Second is they are making more illegal switches and machine gun parts. Uh, Illinois already has two statutes about machine gun parts or the parts to convert a gun into a machine gun and the use of that firearm. So with that, that stuff already exists. Uh, they just made it more illegal with their language, but the funny part is, in their language, they also prohibited tools. Um, We're waiting to see how that flies. Uh, With that, so then you get into the gun stuff. And I'll break it out that you have a gun, one of the broadest gun bans we've seen. You have a magazine ban. One of the, you know, it's 10 rounds for, and there's a contradiction here. There's five rounds for shotguns in the gun ban, 10 rounds for long guns in the magazine ban um words mean things you you and i when we deal with this kind of stuff uh and so you've got the mag ban, and then the last component is you've got what i'll call the usage part where if you are a non-resident you're only allowed to be here for 24 hours with one of these prohibited guns Uh, as a person with a concealed carry license you cannot take certain guns um, on the public way So my Glock here, my carry gun has a threaded barrel. I will not be able to use this as my carry gun in its current configuration um, under this bill or this law that I, because this is considered an assault pistol, um, it's illegal to carry on the public way, which means that I can't even have it in my vehicle. Uh, unless I'm going to or from a range, or I'm going to or from certain private property. we've now There's now a to or from clause. We have had one of the most liberal transport laws in the nation, and now we've got this to or from stuff that is jammed in there. So those are the basic components. Uh, guns that are currently owned or grandfathered in, You, if you want to keep them, you're going to have to register them. Uh, magazines are grandfathered in Uh, anything over 10 rounds for long guns, anything over 15 rounds for a uh, pistol. And with that, um, you know, those are the basic components of it.
0: Yeah. And the, uh, the registration uh, in order, in in order to keep what your, your, the firearms you currently have that that appear on this, on this band list. um, uh, For me, that's that, you know, I find that, very, very problematic indeed. Uh, you know, it, registration is the first step to confiscation, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, before uh, before they can before they can come and 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 take the guns, they have to know where they are. And right, uh, this, so, this would certainly open the door for that.
1: So let's walk through that a couple of ways. Number one, 1982, Jane Byrne used Chicago gun registry to enact a handgun ban. They sat there. And closed off registration, no new registrations. Therefore, you couldn't legally have a new handgun post 1982 in the city of Chicago. So we've had experience with this. And then uh, the question for us is now: once the if you if you're a person and want to remain on the right side of the law, and you sit there and register your firearm. So let's say you live in Cook County. Cook County's local semi-auto ban is a ban on possession and ownership. You can't have it in your home. So if that exists, there are towns like Cook County, Highland Park, Evanston, now going to be allowed to get that uh, those lists because the language is vague in the act where it says that for police lawful police purposes, I want compliance checks. I want to know how many of these guns are allegedly in my town because Nancy Rotering is running around there you know, with her undies in a knot and uh, you can't have this in your house. Are they going to use it for compliance? We've been told they're not going to go house to house. Right. You know? Uh, Yeah. We've heard all that kind of BS before. If you were, uh, if
0: you're a resident of Cook County, like I am, and, you know, say for example, you may actually be in possession of uh, some of these uh, firearms that would now, that are now, uh, you know, banned by the state that are you know currently banned by Cook County. Registering them uh, to me would also be a an act of self incrimination, right? Correct. Uh, so uh, you know it, viol- it violates the, uh, the the Fifth Amendment in in that sense. Where if you know if I'm already in, if uh, uh, if someone is already in possession of these uh, uh, these firearms in a uh, municipality or locality that already has a ban in place. Now you have to kind of admit that you do have them um, to the state police and 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 that would, would certainly be a uh, 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 a violation of the uh, of the fifth amendment as as far as I'm concerned.
1: Oh, I, I agree. I think it's a violation of the privacy clause of the Illinois Constitution. And so um, you know we're gonna be fighting all that in due time. Uh, just you know, this is a hundred page bill. So you know, just like you eat an elephant one bite at a time, we're going to tackle this one piece at a time.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, kind of the other thing that, 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 that popped up uh, just a few days later was a, uh, uh, a number of County sheriffs uh, throughout Illinois. Um, uh, here's the, kind of the latest map I found have uh, either come out and stated that they would not, uh, you know, they would not enforce uh, this bill uh, or they, uh, uh, or they, Release the language that they were at least felt that the bill uh, did not align with what they believe the Constitution said. Of course, Lake County, Cook County, and Champaign County uh, have, you know, agreed to uh, to go along with the bill. But uh, that's uh, uh, that's pretty significant. Uh, A vast majority of the of the of the county sheriffs here in uh, here in Illinois have already come out and said they would they would not uh, be using their departments to, to enforce this law.
1: Right. And if you go back to my testimony in front of the committee, I clearly told them, how are you going to enforce this? I've been egging them on waiting to see what their answer on enforcement is. Um, they, I don't think they've fought it all the way through. I don't think, I mean, they thought that they wanted a quick signature on this because they did not want a run on gun shops. They didn't want thousands of more of these types of guns Going back, you know, getting out in the circulation, when they're trying to, you know, they're like little Dutch boy trying to put the finger in the dike, and so with that, uh, they were trying. They they've admitted that I was on a NPR broadcast yesterday, and they were, you know, they admitted it. They they had that as an intended consequence. So there was no, oh, it's the next session. They're out till next week. It's three days, and you know all the normal procedural stuff to where people might've been buying stuff up until March. And we'd have had a run on stuff here in Illinois. Um, They anticipated that they wanted to shut it off. So it is what it is. Um, But
0: yeah, that was definitely, definitely by, uh, by design um, kind of, and you know, kind of shuffling around the, uh, the legislation, uh, trying to attach it to one bill going from the house to the Senate. Uh, It was kind of, it was kind of interesting. You know, I, I, I signed, all the all the witness slips that came up and it was like every day they changed they changed exactly where this bill was going to be uh you know written into so you had to sign a new witness slip and there were thousands of witness slips uh against and, and just a handful in favor um and uh you know again by design they're shuffling that around so oh well you know Scrap that, we have to start, you know, you have to start over Um, at just a a shell game of of how they were trying to kind of hide this legislation in order to get it passed with uh, as little kind of public discourse or uh, public awareness as possible.
1: Yeah, they they certainly didn't want to spend a lot of time going over the meat and potatoes. And where we've been doing remote testimony for two years under COVID, they have suddenly dropped the hammer and now it's back to in-person only. Um, and I'm, I'm retired from being a lobbyist. I'm really not in the mood to go drive down to Springfield three hours one way um, to have them sit there and say, you've got three minutes. Um, and part of the, what happened this year was that a bunch of the groups got together and I impressed upon them, the time for negotiations are over. Every time our side or someone from our side has gone to the table, and tried to act in good faith. And I did this back in the day, I would sit there and say, this bill is garbage. If you change it over here, you get me out of your hair, and do things like that. And there are ways to make bad bills passable to where they didn't infringe upon our rights. um, But they actually tried to accomplish something. But recently, with some of those interactions that other groups have had, they have turned around and used it for more gun control. And they've gone back on uh, what was originally discussed, talked about, and have turned it into a new gun control scheme. So with that, uh, I impressed upon everybody that the time for negotiations are over. Talk to the hand. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, we will see you in court. And that's where Don Harmon got a little swarmy at the Uh end of his speech, you know, And challenge accepted, counselor, I have no problem. I have seen and read every brief in a gun case filed by our attorney general's office. Color me unimpressed. I would take a first-year paralegal and put him up against what the state has written.
0: Yeah, it's... uh... It's gonna be interesting to uh, to see how everything unfolds um yeah obviously there's there's uh there's litigation going on uh against the bill uh I know uh Tom Devore is, has uh has taken uh the state to court I believe at, at, in at the, at the state level um, and really I know his, the first case anyway was kind of arguing more on a procedural level uh And uh, I know that there's now there's more cases in federal court. So maybe to kind of go over like some of the different, some of the different lawsuits that are, that are out there that I think uh, as of, as of today, there's been a lot of, a lot of news um, on some of these and uh, a lot of different groups have gotten involved in, uh, in filing uh, lawsuits against the state.
1: Do you have a bingo card? (laughs) By the time I get done with this, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. So um, let's start off with the gun ban. The gun ban, uh, there's a guy, Tom DeVore that you mentioned, who is challenging this on procedural grounds within the constitution. Um, And he's filed the first lawsuit with almost 900 litigants. The second lawsuit was filed with almost 1700 litigants. There's a suit that's allegedly filing today or early tomorrow in Macon County that has uh, several hundred more. Um, and then there was a state lawsuit filed by a uh, attorney by the name of Tom Mag in Southern Illinois, uh, and so that suit has kind of kicked off a flurry of activity today. So a few days ago, the state uh, the state filed a motion to have the Mag lawsuit kicked up to federal court because it implicates the Second Amendment. You had from the time he filed the Second Amendment Foundation Firearms Policy Coalition uh, State Rifle Association file a federal lawsuit attacking the prohibition on sale acquisition of guns and magazines. Then uh, the groups I'm involved with, um, the umbrella group is called the Illinois Gun Rights Alliance. It includes FFL Illinois, Aurora Sportsman's Club, Gun Owners of America the uh, Gun Saves Life group. Mm -hmm. um, We're talking to the State Line Rifle Association and I-4 as well as becoming participants um, along with a number of individuals, gun shops, uh, and industry people who are all supportive of our efforts. You also had the National Rifle Association jump in with the National Shooting Sports Foundation and file a lawsuit. So the judge, the other day, the motion was made to move. The Hold on, Cole, knock it off, <clears> Roger. <throat> hey, I hit my mute button in my back. You're back. Okay, sorry about that. The dog saw somebody, <laughs> um, and I could and I could yell at him without being on the mic. Uh, so with this. Um, the MAG lawsuit, the judge recused himself in that case. It was a Judge Gilbert, who we also drew. Um, and then, and then uh, got transferred over to the chief, chief judge, who is an Obama appointee uh, in East St. Louis. And with that, um, the state is now judge shopping because the judge that, SAF drew and the judge that we drew had a pretty good record. Now they've got an Obama judge. So they are trying to move all the cases over to uh, this Obama judge because the judge also recused himself from our case and the NSSF case. I'm hearing that he's a judge on senior status, doesn't typically do civil stuff, and is, you know, has a lot, wants a lighter load instead of a major trial like this.
0: So the the state is trying to consolidate a lot of these uh, a lot of these lawsuits in, into one. From uh, my understanding, I know that uh, there's also, uh, I believe, the uh, uh, a suit against the city of Naperville. Um, yes, on a, on and a- and
1: so that creates a whole new level. This is where the bingo card comes in. Right. So you got the state stuff, you got the federal stuff in Southern Illinois. Now, what you have is you have. The Cook County lawsuit, which has been going on for over 18 months, mm-hmm. the National Association for Gun Rights, after the New York decision came out, sat sat there and filed suit against Highland Park, and then the village of Naperville sat there and passed an ordinance banning the sale of centerfire magazine-fed semi-automatic rifles. Okay. So right before Christmas, Highland Park moved to consolidate with the Cook County suit. The Cook County suit was set to go to trial this week. The village of Naperville then, just a few days ago, made the same move to try to consolidate with Cook County. At the same time, the National Association for Gun Rights is filing for an amended complaint to prohibit the state from enforcement on law weapons, the gun shop in Naperville. So these are all the moving pieces. So now you're gonna have some form of a lawsuit in the Northeast district in the federal court. You've got these three lawsuits down in the southern part of the court. And I will tell you that within the group I'm working on, we saw this bill being so big. You know, I said there are five basic components to this. And that's too much to jam into one lawsuit. I think you see that even with NRA and and uh, SAF, that those guys have sat there and gone after guns and mags first uh, as an opening salvo. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to tackle. Now, the way the law is written, you've got the switch stuff in one section, the red flag law in another section, and then the majority of everything else is covered in two other sections, the gun section 24, 1.9, and 24, 1.10 for the mags. So there's a, you know, you knock out either one of those two sections, they knock out a lot of the stuff. So I think there's a, um, you know, a propensity to go after the big stuff, then we'll take on the nuances of it a little later.
0: Yeah, another part that i that uh, i I learned about that I thought was pretty crazy uh, was even even parts are 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 yes. are, are included in this band. So uh, things like springs and firing pins and uh, you know tiny little tiny little pieces of metal uh, you, you are are unable to purchase uh, in Illinois. So even if you do have uh you know existing firearms that need some replacement parts, they're 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 not going to be able to uh, to to purchase those here here in the state. So
1: they they sit there and they say any part or attachment that can be made to convert a firearm to one of the so threaded barrel on a Glock prohibited gun. Okay, does that now mean that every part for a Glock is prohibited because any one of those parts could make this gun? Um. That's the plain reading I would, you know, and so just, you know, take an AR-15, for instance. Um, You know, if this thing goes down and I need a new bolt carrier, can't get it because that's directly for a prohibited gun. If I need a detent spring, I can't get it. Um, So looking at all that, yeah, they've done that. And I think they did. They did us a favor by doing that. I don't think they understand what they did. And uh, I can't talk about it tonight, but we have a legal strategy built around that, that is designed. um, So the groups I'm working with, we are not, the gun ban is right here and everybody sees the gun ban. We're not, it's important, but we are looking in a three-dimensional chess game. We are looking down the road as to what we want to achieve it isn't just about the gun ban that everybody is freaking out about right now and it's about building a legal foundation that gives us the ability to springboard off into other avenues and uh, you know the president of my gun club said i didn't get elected to you know to lead the gun rights but i got elected to build out a gun club and make sure that our kids and grandkids have a place to go enjoy what we've done. Uh, but he has been thrust into this uh, Aurora Sportsman's Club uh, thought that somebody needed to take the lead to make sure that the shooter's voice was actually heard. And I will tell you that I know for a fact, since I'm doing a lot of it, that you know, you've got gun guys who are looking at this litigation and crafting arguments. Um, that's why if you go to our complaint, there's references to Ida B. Wells in there. Sure. There are there are references to uh, other civil rights leaders well within there to do all that, and so we're laying a foundation here that's going to make it difficult uh, for the state. And uh, and again, this is a springboard. Mm-hmm. If, if we prevail, which I believe we will, and we recover our attorneys' fees then that gives us the launch pad and the uh, financial resources to take the state on in further endeavors. And I will tell you um, that is my intention that when we get done with the statutes, it's going to look like Freddy Krueger went through.
0: Them. <laughs> yeah. It looks like, uh, uh, I believe, uh, uh, the state of, uh, of Washington now is also looking into, uh, uh, enacting some type of uh, uh, legislation as well. Um, Colorado is Colorado. on it, and,
1: and this language has uh, mysteriously very similar to what's been proposed in Colorado. So right. we know the anti-gun groups are talking, sure. and they're they're playing games with this. Um, it's a coordinated you know, effort. And I think the 15 rounds on handguns was a, a way to try to sidestep the courts. I think they even realized they have problems with 10 rounds across the board. Uh, and we'll be filing on that, and when we do, I think that that is going to be a very different type of filing. I think some people are going to be shocked what they file when we read it. So um, there's that. Um, yeah, there is a coordinated effort on their part, but uh, I think our groups are going to work together to make sure that we get the best legal outcome uh, that we can wrangle, and we build the best legal record there is uh, because there have been some very interesting discussions taking place at the Court of Appeals on other gun cases that are up there and uh, we are very heartened by what we hear coming out at the oral arguments from the judges
0: yeah I mean it uh, especially after the the New York uh, what is it the braun case that um...
1: well okay so there there's that's one of my rubs. The case is New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. Mm-hmm. Everybody is lazy in shortening it to Bruin. I don't want to give that piece of garbage <laughs> AG out there any credit. The right. New York State Rifle and Pistol Association won this case. That's why I always refer to it as New York, because that was the case.
0: Give, yeah, we don't, don't want to give credit to the to the guy who lost the case.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> that makes that makes more sense. Uh but yeah, with that, that's that, just
1: is, a pet peeve of mine.
0: Yeah. But uh I mean after that case it it, it just seemed like uh you, you would think that some of these states would be a little bit more hesitant to to uh to to put this legislation out no,
1: there. No, they, they they're pole vaulting right past stupid and into potato. They you know look at um they they are just beside themselves between the Dobbs decision and this one in Illinois. Dobbs, oh, we're going to protect the right. Mm-hmm. Over here on um on the New York decision, they're going to go the opposite way and flip a finger to the court. So, no, uh, my my goal now. Is you know I, I know that it, it appears from the size and heft of our governor he enjoys food, so I want to force feed him the uh, Heller and New York decisions, and I'll provide all the barbecue sauce he wants to eat mm-hmm. all that stuff. But that that's that's the way I see it. We're going to force feed them whether they like it or not. I don't care if they choke on it, um, but we are going to force them. Uh, the the goal with all this is. Is to, you know, in the New York decision, it said the Second Amendment is not a straitjacket. Well, we're going to put handcuffs on these sons of bitches that they're going to live by and abide by our constitutional rights.
0: Uh, Yeah. And, and, um, you know, also, uh, uh, funny thing here is that uh, um, there's a a new gun range just approved uh, across the border in Wisconsin. outside of Kenosha that, uh, is going to have the, uh, uh you can have the ability to, you know, fire military style weapons, it says in the news. And, uh, oddly enough, the, the, the property where the, uh, where the range is located is owned by the, uh, by the Pritzker family. So, uh, it's uh,
1: owned by the museum people. Correct. And so they have a military museum here you know, in Chicago, they mm-hmm. actually have an FFL so they must yes. have some firearms on display or something. I think that's the uh, Tranny relative of the governor that actually owns that or is involved in that I know uh, that
0: is involved with that and they uh, they certainly tend to be more um, they're, they're more in favor of uh, of uh, of guns and and the Second Amendment than other members of of the family for sure. yeah
1: I mean it, it's kind of weird you know, that you have this dichotomy within the family, whatever. Um, You know, it it would be too apropos if we could claim he was just another slimy deal-making politician uh, like Blago or whatever who was trying to make it illegal over here so he could benefit over here. I'm not going to subscribe that motive to it. But I would think that maybe that the land might have been cheaper, the taxes might have been better, and the gun laws might've been better just across the border for them to get that project done, which just seems <laughs> too funny, uh, given who's the family that's behind it. But um, it, it is what it, I mean, uh, people can point at that stuff. It's fun to point a finger at, but it's not, um, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's not gonna move the needle for us much. You're Correct.
0: Just, yeah, it's kind of irrelevant to the to the case, but it is just an interesting uh just, just an in- interesting piece of information to know. Well,
1: look, if they didn't have double standards, they'd have no standards <laughs> at all. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Um uh I guess one one kind of last thing is the uh the ATF um came out with its uh with its final a a determination on uh uh, braces, stabilizing braces, pistol braces, and uh, it, uh, again, this just seems to be a. Uh, to me, it's a uh, an organization without any um, transparency or authority or uh, recourse to the voters or or to the people that are that are kind of making laws that that really should be made through uh, uh you know through the through the legislation at least.
1: Well. Um, couple of things here. One, you've got a couple of congressmen that have introduced new bills about ATF. Uh, one wants to set up a complete appeals process for licensees, and then another one wants to hamstring their ability to do certain things. Great. Uh, you know, I think that next time we have a Republican president, a Republican Senate, a Republican House, they need to go through ATF with a meat cleaver, And just clean that place out. And it needs to get a new set of directives. And, you know, we all joke ATFE should be a convenience store, not a governmental agency. Right. Uh, But they should be there to help people comply, not try to sit there and find new ways to screw with gun shops and gun owners and all that stuff. Correct. However, they, they
0: shouldn't be interpreting. They shouldn't. They shouldn't have the power to interpret. Well, and, that uh, goes. Organize.
1: That goes back to some cases called Chevron and a couple other things. But the good news is that the Fifth Circuit, uh, down in Texas, in an en banc ruling, uh, just gutted them on the bump stock stuff. And understand these are right. not two A cases. These are administrative law cases and an interpretation right. as to whether or not they have the legal authority to do what they're doing. And the Fifth Circuits, on Bonk 15 to 3, said, No, you do not have the authority to write what you're writing. The statute does not give it to you. Congress has not delegated it to you. You are way out over your skates. Garland has, there's a split in the circuits, and Garland has to appeal that decision. He has to, which means that you have the 80% case, which is down in the Fifth Circuit right now, which there are injunctions issued in that case against the ATF enforcement. And now you've got a dormant um, uh, brace case pending down there with Second Amendment Foundation. Again, these are all interpretations of administrative law, and I think that Fifth Circuit ruling, that Ambank ruling, is going to be devastating to them because everything's going to run down there. If I'm doing anything, I'm running for a national injunction down at the Fifth Circuit because those guys they already laid down the law, and they're going to have to appeal all these things up the food chain, and I think that either the bump stock ban, or one of the other ones, if they really don't want to tackle bump stocks, is going to have to be ruled on by the Supreme Court. And they are going to have to lay down the law on ATF and how much authority they actually have to do things. Uh, That's what I think is going to happen. And I think it's going to be a huge win for us um, through the administrative code. And then it's just gonna it's going to stop them cold in their tracks on a lot of stuff.
0: Well, I hope so. Uh, You know, it just, it, uh, uh, it, it seems like there's a lot of different uh, uh, cases going around in, you know, different states, different, uh, different circuits. Uh, It's just kind of interesting to see how, uh, recently anyway, a lot of these, um, a lot of these restrictions and bans have either, um, you know, been either struck down or or referred back to the, some of the lower courts after the, after the New York case. Well, Uh,
1: Wherever you have bad gun laws. So the state of California is trying to push everything back to the district court to get a restart. They're hoping to drag the clock out so that Clarence Thomas gets hit by a bus. We knew for a long time under Obama, they were hoping that Thomas would kick the bucket. Something would happen. Nobody expected that when Anthony Scalia dropped dead, that Mitch McConnell would find the cojones to sit there and hold that open waiting for the next election. Donald Trump rolls in, we get Merrick, we get that seat that Merrick Gollerin was nominated for, uh, replaced with a what appears to be a decent conservative. And then lo and behold, um, two more seats open up.
0: Yeah, Kevin and Barrett.
1: Well, Kennedy uh, retired um, under a Republican president, and I think they picked a, you know, he was comfortable with the pick in one way or another. And then Ruth Bader Ginsburg bought into all her hype of Notorious RBG and didn't go when Obama had the chance to appoint somebody. Right. And uh, they lost that seat and they lost that seat in a big way. And now we have a potentially 6-3 court. Certainly the thinking was that Roberts was the squish for the longest time And that's why we weren't getting gun cases. There have been rumors that Justice Alito would not let a gun case go forward that he didn't think they had five votes on. So, you know, uh, both Kavanaugh and Barrett have written at the appellate level with some interesting, and they were closer to what came out in New York than uh, than what the other courts had been doing. There were dissents in a couple of cases. So I think that we're in a pretty good posture. And right now it's find a way to the rocket docket. And if you look at, I mean, just look at New York. New York played this game on carry a couple of weeks ago. The court did not take up the emergency appeal. But Thomas and Alito wrote, and especially said, don't be discouraged by this because we're not looking at the merits. But, oh, Second Circuit Court of Appeals, you better speed things up and you better start giving answers to things now they've accelerated things to where they're doing things by the 20th of march we're going to have five hearings i don't call you know five months or whatever any sort of speeding up of things i think that our people would like to see things handled in weeks not months but we don't control the federal judiciary i just uh There's an argument to be had there, but yeah, we're keeping our eyes on all that because it all matters. And look, another big date in the calendar is going to be February 20th. That is when all the briefing in the California cases are due to be done. And I don't think we're going to be waiting around months for judge Benitez to issue his opinion.
0: I, uh, speaking of that California case, I was, had, uh, been following it a little bit and uh the state of california was asked to to uh provide some precedent for uh uh for gun bans and uh, a lot of the a lot of the cases that they presented were just crazy the uh, laws that banned african americans and native americans mm-hmm. from from owning owning firearms like these these are the laws that you're using to try to defend your side um so you, so think about sure? that are you sure you want to you want to you want to say that the the United States government in these felon cases
1: has gone back to times when Quakers, Catholics, and other religious orders were not allowed to have firearms because they wouldn't swear a loyalty off. Mm-hmm. So you want to infringe upon religious freedoms to take away their guns. Um, and then if you speed up to the eighteen late 1860s, most of the prohibitions on people were the black coast Jim Crow laws.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: why I sit there and uh, I call this the Jim Crow 2.0. Uh, th- this is designed to keeping people of color. Uh, you know, they don't like the rural white guy who voted for Trump and they don't like conservative minorities, whether they be Latino, Asian or black or whatever, who say, we don't need you, we don't need your handout, we don't need your help, Uh, we can do it ourselves. Go back to the Rodney King riots and those pictures of those Koreans on top of stores with rifles and stuff back in the day. Uh, You know, it's been going on for a while. And so I think they're very, and that's why I often say that, you know, uh, every time I look at, you know, Bob Morgan, Don Harmon, and the like, if you squint real hard, you can see the governor of, you know, Alabama or whatever standing on the steps of that at school saying no, you can't come in. Um, I, I see no difference. I see no difference between this group of thugs and Bull Connor, that Bull Connor used a fire hose and dogs and these guys just think they're somehow better than an average mobster because they're using a pen.
0: And Uh, You know, also when it comes to, you know, if they actually look at started enforcing some of these laws, just like, just like every other law that's been passed, uh, whether it's the, whether it's, uh, you know, it's drug laws or, or gang laws, the communities that end up suffering the most and having the most people incarcerated, again, are going to be not you and I, uh, they're going to be underserved communities, going to be people of color, uh, these laws again and again, even though that the the politicians that propose them think that they might be doing it in good faith, the ones that really will, uh, you know, have kind of serve the the brunt of it are, are going to be the ones that that are supposed to be their constituents, the ones they're supposed to be representing. So um, it's just, uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense, even, you know, from a, uh, from a, from a historical aspect. We, we, we've seen, we've seen what this stuff has done in the past and uh, uh, kind of, Kind of can pr- predict what what's going to happen, but um, I I appreciate you uh, you're coming on the show. I'll throw your uh, uh, Freedom's steal on uh, on YouTube. Uh, I I try to watch it every day just to kind of get a, an update as to what's going on with this uh, particular case and, and other gun law cases. So uh,
1: so yeah. are you enjoying it? You getting? I'm enjoying out of it.
0: it. Uh, it's uh, uh, you know it, it's 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 my way of uh, kind of. Uh, getting a, a quick update as to what's going on out there that I can I can listen to uh, while I'm working and uh, uh, you know that I can go ahead and, and read some more in depth articles, but it's a it's a really good really good overview. Well, we and,
1: we try to do something a little different. I usually try to throw up quotes and things that I'm citing and the reason why. Uh, and give that little deeper dive into it. You know, uh, I had a rule when I was lobbying. I wouldn't say anything. I couldn't back up with a do- without a document within five minutes. And with the Google and the internet these days, you can find most of, and when they put things in briefs, words mean things. I'm going to have a couple coming yep. up here uh, about the Floyd card case that's pending in Sagamon County. The briefing is concluded in that. Uh, we're going to take on that. You would not believe what the attorney general wrote in his briefs. Um, and it's going to be fun uh, you know and there's some other things in there about the way they treated a, a gun rights leader and, and mocking him just because he's standing up for his rights uh, amongst other things so you know we've got a uh, I've got a plethora of material to try to get through this is only piled on trying to keep people informed I'm having fun doing it um, I'm learning a lot I am not that computer savvy the fact that I Can do this with you now is, uh, (laughs) um, it is been a slow road for me to do things. Uh, and then I'm getting people critiquing my background here in my office and all (laughs) kinds of stuff about, you shouldn't have that. Uh, And it's like, and, you know, I have, uh, now that I'm retired and I don't necessarily speak for the NRA or any group individually, um, what you see is what you get, um, You know, yes, there's a bottle of Jack Daniels over my shoulder. Yes, I do. You know, we play by big boys rules. Sometimes I will have a whiskey when I'm analyzing something. And, uh, you know, just like, guys, it's painful. Uh, You're going to need this just to get through it. And and some of that stuff. We're not afraid to show things and do some other stuff. But, uh, you know, and I tell people, if you find me offensive, then quit finding me. (laughs)
0: right right well i uh i certainly appreciate what you're doing and uh keep it up and, uh, well, me, and i appreciate uh, the you opportunity to on
1: come on your podcast
0: and uh yeah i'd love to have you on again uh after you know maybe uh know in a, in a couple months or a few weeks as and get an update as uh, to where all these cases stand
1: yeah we'll probably have a better handle on this first round of cases here um the next 10 to 14 days would be my guess on this um i would encourage everybody To watch the fourth circuit for the bianchi v frosh semi-auto case either you know we win it gets remanded whatever it's good orals for us the atkinson case out of the seventh circuit i mean there is stuff going on all over the place and uh i think the anti-gunners are going to be that little dutch boy with their finger in the dike and uh it's all going to come crashing around them like a you know like the wiley coyote
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. I, uh, you know, uh, as more of these cases start uh, being being uh, being ruled on, then there's more and more precedent for uh, for upcoming cases. So, keep up the good work, and uh, I look forward to talking to you soon.
1: Thank you, always, and like I always say, frag out.
0: <laughs> All right,
1: you know where that came
0: from. Uh, no. What? what uh, all right. So
1: former, com- former combat arms guy, whenever we threw a hand grenade or a frag mm. grenade, it was frag out to let all the other guys know. So being former military, I treat every one of my videos as a knowledge hand grenade for our side to show them where things are. So that's why. It's a, it's I, a heads up. That's what, that's what it is.
0: Great. Well, again, appreciate you uh, coming on. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk again soon. Take care. Alright, thanks. And thank all of you for joining me. If you're watching on YouTube, click that subscribe button to stay updated on the latest episodes. If you're tuning in through Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app, click follow to stay in the loop. You can also follow me on Twitter at Second City Liberty. That's the number two ND City Liberty. Check out my website, www.secondcityliberty.com. And if you have an idea for the show or a guest that you would like to see appear on the podcast, shoot me an email, jim at secondcityliberty.com. Until next time, stay safe, stay strapped, and stay based.